says, and another said, I have brought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Once again, working is more important. You know, you, you, know, you, you know, we know people who work so much, and that's all they do. Just throw up. You work, you work, you work 60 hours a week. And just so tired. Now, you'll work 60 hours a week, but you can't come to an extra service during the week for the ministry. You'll make an excuse. You don't, you don't mind working 16 hours a shift, but you run out of here as soon as service is over. You make an excuse. Amen? Verse 20 says, still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Your need is more important. Now, now you ran to the church when your heart was broken. You ran to the church. It was the church that helped you get out of that abusive situation, that abusive relationship, that, that, that chaos in your house or your family. But then you, when you get come out of it, you can't come back to the church. Or then you allow the, a, a person to remove you from your position. You allow a, a, a love relationship to take you out of, to take you from your first love. You, you allow a, 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 a emotional relationship to take you from your service, your service and your commitment to God. Amen? Excuses. And verse 21 says, so, so that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and, and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the main and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, master, it is done as you commanded, and there's, and, and there." And still there is room. And the revelation of that, verse 22, is that the kingdom is always expanding. There will always be more room to fill in the kingdom. What does that tell us? That servants never get content with the service in the kingdom. Never get content because now there's, now there's two locations. Because there's always going to be more room. God is always going to expand us further than where we are right now. It reminds me of what I said. I think I said this in the first fruit gathering that who you are right now is the lowest you'll ever be in the kingdom. What you're faithful over right now is the lowest you'll ever be in the kingdom. The position you have right now, as you continue in your faithfulness, this will be the lowest you'll ever be. Because our God will always add more to you. He'll always add more to your ministry. 
He'll always add more to your witness. He'll always add more to your responsibility as you be faithful to him. So there will always be more room, room to fill in the kingdom. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. And this verse 23, I believe, is, is, is telling us the importance of, of evangelism. Why is evangelism so important? Because through evangelism, many people are encouraged. Because we're giving them, we're offering them, we're, 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 we're sowing unto them the good news of the gospel. Evangelism is important because it's an opportunity to work directly with and for God. See, when you, when you evangelize, you're working on God's behalf. You're God's mouthpiece. You're God's hands. You're God's voice to touch someone and bring encouragement to their life. Evangelism opens the door for healing to take place. I believe that's one reason why when we, when we do our, our taking it to the streets or, or, or our, our south side um, outreach, our, our outside outreach, by doing that it will, it's going to cause the, the, the spirit of the, the anointing of healing. I believe that's why the apostle wants people posted on the street because as he flows in his evangelism of getting people saved, healing, the, the anointing of healing we be, will be manifested to those we come in contact with. Why is evangelism important? Because it is the gateway of repentance and remission of sin. People can't know to turn back to God if they don't know they're on the wrong path. Evangelism shows them, hey, you're on the wrong path. You're on a path God never intended for you to be on. Amen? Evangelism causes the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit to move. Evangelism unites all nations, races, tribes, and cultures by reconciling all humanity to God through Christ. What does that mean? No matter what your background is, no matter what your culture is, no matter what your color is, once you come into the kingdom, you're my sister and my brother. That's why the scripture says there's neither bond nor free. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither male nor female. There's neither black nor white. There's neither fat or skinny. There's neither. There, there's no one. For we are all one in Christ. All one. There is no sexism in the kingdom. There is no racism in the kingdom. There is no classism in the kingdom. For we are all one. If you are my brother, then I should be I I I I should have a, a I should have a conviction and a desire to fellowship with you. To commune with you. 
to serve with you, to build the kingdom with you. Amen? Hallelujah. In verse, uh, verse uh, 24 of this Luke 14, and I close. And it says, For I see that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. And what can we glean from this verse? As servants in the kingdom, we should never want to we should never want God to look for another person to fulfill the assignment he has given us. You never want God to have to look for another. You know, when I was meditating on the scripture, it, it, it reminds me of John the Baptist. When John the Baptist got offended with Jesus when he was in prison and he sent his followers to go get him, he said, and he told, he told, uh, he said to, he said to him, are you the one or should I look for another? And you should never want God to say, are you the one I chose? Or should I look for another? Are you the one who I chose for this kingdom assignment? Or should I look for another? Are you the one who I chose to be the light? Or should I look for another? Aren't you the one who I chose to be faithful to the ministry? Or should I look for another? See, as a servant, you don't want, you never want God to find a replacement for you. You never want God to find your replacement because you, you, you dismiss his invitation to serve. You don't, want, you, you, you don't want God to find another servant to clean because you dismissed his invitation to be a part of the cleaning ministry. You don't want God to find another person to go out and do street ministry because you declined his invitation to come on Saturday mornings. You, 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 don't, want God, you don't want God to find another youth uh, youth leader because you have not you, you, you have not answered the invitation you have not taken the invitation to be a witness to, 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 the, to the youth who are struggling you never want God to dismiss you because you didn't adhere to his, in, in, to his invitation and I do I, I compel those who who may feel that your presence is not needed, that what you do is not significant. I, be, I, really, I, really, I really believe the Lord sent me to speak to you on tonight. That whatever your position is, believe that God placed you there. Although people talked about you, Although people may, lie, may have lied on you, although you may feel overlooked, although you may feel underappreciated, it is God who placed you to serve in his kingdom. It is God who placed you to be a light for him. You are a blessing to your ministry. 
You are a blessing to your pastor, for the pastor or the teacher. But this call is for all those who name the name of Christ and is a follower of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. See, when we really believe this, then there is, there is no such thing or no such opinion or so, and no such belief of being overlooked. Because in the kingdom, we all have been given the call to be the salt and the light. We all have been given the call to be a demonstration to the world. Not just a man or woman of God whose name is on the front of the church building. Not just the people you see at the desk or on, or, or on the live stream or on the social media page on Facebook or, or, or YouTube. But we all have been given the assignment to be the light and demonstration to the world. See, being overlooked comes from us believing more in the notoriety of a title or a position than believing that we are kingdom citizens on assignment. When you are in the kingdom, Everything that you, every, every assignment, every project, everything you do, every, every activity you do as a kingdom citizen is an assignment. And as a servant, you do whatever's required to fulfill that assignment. In the kingdom, we don't seek positions. We seek to serve and fulfill the assignment. And I'm speaking to those who function, as, as one of the leaders here, even, even in the helps ministry, that those who may not always be seen, those who may not always feel acknowledged, don't devalue yourself based on the title or position that you've been given. God has called you God has called you to that assignment. God has called you to that position so you can be a light and be a witness and to further the work of the kingdom. He's called you to further the work of the ministry and as you continue to fulfill your kingdom assignment, God will exalt you and put you on display. See, in the kingdom... The pastor ain't the only one who can drive a Rolls Royce. Hear what I'm saying? In the kingdom, the pastor is, is, is the only one who could have a 10,000 square foot home. See, we, we, we put, as, as, as we function in the natural, we put more notoriety on a title. We put more, more notoriety on a, on a, on a position. So we think that the, that the person, that the elder has more notoriety than the person who works the live stream. That the evangelist has more, has more uh, 
notoriety than the parking attendant. But we've all been called to be a demonstration. And, I, and as a servant, I, I want us to never forget that there is always someone watching you. There is always someone who can, who, can, who, can be, who can be sharpened from your service. Don't think that it's only the pastor who can encourage. It's only the pastor, it's only the, it's only the reverend, it's only the minister who can bring healing and deliverance, who can bring peace to, to, a, to a situation that you may have a question or issue with. God can use you while you're taking out the trash. God can use you while you're picking up garbage outside in the, in, in, in the yard. God can use you in whatever position or title you have because we've all been given the mandate. We've all been given the call to be the salt and the light and to be a demonstration. Amen? First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28 says, and God has appointed these in the church. Verse, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. And this is just something I want to, to, to remind you of about the ministry of helps. The ministry of helps is so important. It's not a lesser calling than the fivefold ministry. The devil doesn't want us to be who we are. The devil doesn't want us to be who we are called to be or do what we are called to do. He always wants us to be dissatisfied with what we are called to do and think that our calling is inferior. But it's not. We are not lesser than the ministry gifts. The ministry of helps is a valid ministry. It is a valid calling. Are you called to the ministry of helps? The answer is yes. We are all called to this ministry. When we operate in our rightful joint, in our place, we are where we are supposed to be, then we will be the most blessed and everyone else will be blessed also. In Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 8, seven anointed ministry of helps workers began working in the position in which God called them. This caused an increase in the word of God and caused the number of disciples to be multiplied. We should never underestimate the importance of serving in our positions. No matter how insignificant a position or task may seem, it is important and it matters. It is wonderful to be in the ministry of helps. Why, why, why am I going this way? Because I, I really believe that we play down and we belittle the call to be a witness based on the title and the position we have within the church. 
If you, I really do. I really believe if our name isn't on the project, then we don't think our our input matters. If we're not the one that has to give a report on, on, on what happens, then we, we, we belittle the position that God has given us. See, when we think, if, if we think our title is not of high importance, then we think we're not of high importance. And that's the deception. That's the, that's the deception that, that the enemy wants you to think so you won't serve in the kingdom. Because if you believe that your if you if you believe your value is based on your title or your position, you'll never you'll always feel overlooked. You'll always feel underappreciated. You'll always feel like your presence doesn't matter. And God has called you to be a demonstration whether you put bags in a garbage can or you preach a three-day revival. You can be a demonstration in whatever position God has given you. And we got to renew our minds to that. God, has, God, doesn't, God hasn't just given the call to be the light just to the one on the TV screen. But he's called everyone, every, every born-again believer has a ministry. And whether you believe it or not, there are others who need to see you in your service. There are others who need to see you be faithful and open in, and open in the church. There's others who need to see you being faithful in doing the audio and video of, of, of the ministry. There's others who need to see you ushering, being faithful in your nursing. Being, being, being faithful in you cutting the grass. Being faithful in you cleaning the bathroom. They need to see it. Amen? I be, and I, I believe that we, this is why we make excuses. This is why we don't show up because it doesn't, one, we, we, we've lost the desire of our spiritual need. And two, because our natural needs are more important. Let's look back at Luke chapter 14 and verse 18. And it says, but they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. So him, him making more money is more important. But, but without the kingdom, you would not have been taught that you could have your own business. Without the kingdom, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have, you would not have been exposed that you can be your own boss. That you can set your own hours. But then, but, 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 but now we make excuses for, for why we can't show up. Verse 19 says, 
God bless you, men and women of faith. You are watching Better Life Lessons. We are live on the west side of Chicago at Better Life Faith Church International, located at 5401 West Lake Street in the glorious city of Chicago, Illinois. And I am Elder Jonathan Southwood, one of the ministers here. And we thank God for viewing and watching us on tonight. Amen? And if you desire prayer at this time, we, we ask that we encourage you to call the number that appears across the screen. We have our uh, daily, our spirit-filled prayer warriors who are full of faith, full of power, full of the Holy Spirit, and will touch and, and agree with you and, and will believe God for your miracle and for your breakthrough. And if you're just anywhere near this west side of Chicago, we'd we'll love for you to be a guest here. We love, we, love, we love that you're watching online, but we would love for you to be a guest and be in, uh, be in our sanctuary. Amen. So we thank you for watching on tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give a great hand to our national and international audience. Salute to our apostle and our pastor. Where, whenever they're watching, wherever they're at, God bless you. Amen. And we're just going to go forth with the word on tonight. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that this is your day that you have made, and we choose to rejoice and be glad in you. I thank you, Lord God, for your word. You said you sent your word to heal and deliver us from all destruction. And I thank you as your word goes forth, Lord God, it will bring healing and deliverance to all those who have an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Father, I thank you for the anointing that rests on this ministry. I tap into that anointing right now, and I thank you that lives will be changed, backsliders will be restored, minds will be renewed for your glory. And I give you honor and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're just going to go right into our lesson on tonight. And uh, if you uh, are taking notes, we're going to title tonight's lesson, Answering God's Invitation. Answering God's Invitation. And our foundation scripture, where we're going to be teaching from tonight, is going to be Luke chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to Luke chapter 14. And we're going to start reading at verse 15. Luke chapter 14. And we're going to start reading at uh, verse 15. And it says, now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have brought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask, to, I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I have brought five yoke of oxen and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. 
And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Verse 23 says, And the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Verse 24 says, For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Amen? So we're going to... I'm going to highlight two words out of this parable of Luke chapter 14. Two words that we're going to kind of focus on on tonight. And the first word is invite. The second word is excuse. This word invite from uh, verse 16 in the Greek means to call, to summon, and to name. This word excuse or to make excuse from verse 18 out of this parable in Luke uh, chapter 14 in the Greek means to deprecate, to decline, or to shun. And this word deprecate, it's, uh, it's another term for depreciate. And this word depreciate means to belittle, it means to play down. It means to make little of. So why are these definitions important? Because just like the man in the parable is giving out an invitation, I believe the Lord is giving out an invitation to us as well. And with that invitation, many of us are making excuses on why we can't show up. Why, why making excuses on why we can't show up and be present to this invitation? We play down and belittle and make little of the invitations that we are given or we are offered in God's kingdom. See, I've learned over the years of, of being in church and serving in the kingdom that everyone loves to be invited. Everyone loves to be included. But how you respond to an invitation is normally based on the value you hold for the person who invited you. And the other way we, we uh, respond, the other uh, value we put on an invitation is the way in which we're going to be used if we show up to that event. I know with many of us, you know, it's, uh, you know when, when we get invited to certain events, we always ask, well, what you want me to do? I, yeah, I, 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 that's not you. But uh, in the natural, most times our response to an invitation is based on the value we have for the person who asked us. And I believe just as we receive invitations and calls to events and gatherings in the natural, I believe the Lord is giving us a call or an invitation to us as well. So what call is the Lord giving out to us? I believe the call 
that the, that the Lord is giving to us is the call to be the salt and the light of the world. If you have your Bibles, let's go, let's go again. We'll go because we're going to do, do, do some reading tonight. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. And I know many of us know this chapter by memory. But we're going to dive into it a little bit more tonight. Amen? Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to start reading at verse 1. And it says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. Talking about Jesus. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Verse 13 says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savior, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under, under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen? I want to read this chapter 5 in the ERV translation, starting at verse 1. And it says, when Jesus saw the crowds of people there, he went up on a hill and sat down. His followers came and sat next to him. Then Jesus began teaching the people. He said, great blessings belong to those who know they are spiritually in need. God's kingdom belongs to them. And I believe in this, 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 this third verse has really rung in my spirit because I believe this is the reason why as an unbeliever we came to God and, and confessed Jesus because spiritually we were in need. Amen? And I believe this is the reason or this, this should be the root why, as a believer, we should go and tell others about Christ. This should be the reason why we come to church. 
Why? Because we're, in spiritual, we're, we're spiritually in need. This is why we come to worship. This is why we come to fellowship with like believers. Because we are in spiritual need. Amen? The kingdom was sent to the poor. The kingdom was sent to the brokenhearted. The kingdom was sent to the captive. The, 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 the kingdom was sent to those who were in bondage. The kingdom wasn't sent to those who, who act like they got it all together. You hear what I'm saying? The kingdom wasn't for those who just want a religious look. This is why we come to church. This is why we need to be spiritually fed because without God, without his word, without the, uh, the kingdom being demonstrated in our lives, we will forever be poor and broken. And I believe this, this, is, this is the reason why I believe we make excuses in, in, in receiving from the kingdom and sowing the kingdom. Because we, 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 we get to the point where we don't, we don't believe we're, we're in spiritual need anymore. When you think about your, your, your Christian experience, why did you come to God? You came to God because you were facing something that you didn't have the power to overcome. You came to God because you needed to be, be relieved of the ailment or, or, or whatever, whatever situation or circumstance you, you were facing and you were in a, in a need state. And God met you and God touched you and God healed you and God delivered you. And, and I believe many of us, once we get that deliverance, we soon forget that we are still in spiritual need. And because of that, then we'll make excuses when the invocation, then when the invitation comes for us to partake in the kingdom. Because then we come to church responding like we don't need to hear what's being said. We come to church responding like the, like the word that's being taught right now or the word that's come from the pulpit is not for you. Because I'm not in need no more. You know, we're, 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 you know, I'm not speaking for certain people, but many people come and they say, oh, you know, such and such need to hear that. No, you need to hear that. You need to hear that truth because you are in spiritual need. And when we lose that, 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 that urge, when we lose that desire to be fed spiritually, then we don't, then we will make excuses when we get invited to kingdom events. This is the root. This has to be the root of why you come to church. This is the reason why you should have a conviction in compelling others to come. Because you know that other people may not know, but you know they're in spiritual need. How do you know? Because you know at one time you were there. You know, you know at one time your mind was confused. 
at one time in your life, your heart was broken. And you needed the kingdom to come and be manifested in your life. And if I needed the kingdom, I know there's others that need the kingdom. If I need to be delivered, there are others who need to be delivered. If I need to, if I need to hear truth, then there are others who need to hear truth. But at the, at the root of what you, of, of, of why you come should be because there's a spiritual need. Not so you can be seen. Not so you can keep others quiet. Not so you can fulfill your assignment. But there's a spiritual need. See, we, we, we got to get to the place where I come, I'm coming, I come to church so God can touch me. He can, he can, he can give me strength in areas that I'm weak in. He can give me courage in areas where there's still fear. This is why I come. So God can touch me in whatever area I'm ailing in. And could it be that's why there's no compel for others to come and be to that there's no compel of us of, of, of others following us. Because we've lost that desire of, of, of our needs being fed spiritually. Sundays is just a religious ritual to us now. We just come because we've got to make sure that our duties are taken care of. Not, to, not so God can touch you. Not so you can be delivered. Not so you can grow and mature in faith. But now it's just a religious ritual now. Sundays is what I do. Going to church is what I do. But you haven't experienced healing. You haven't experienced deliverance. You still are captive. You still are bound emotionally. Because I know we, we, we can come and we can make it, we can, we, can, we can give a certain face on the outside. We can give a certain face physically. But the root of us is still broken. Our minds still haven't been changed. We still have negative emotions about ourselves. And you need, and, and there's a need to be met spiritually. Amen? This has to be the root. Amen? Chapter 5, verse 4 says, Blessings belong to those who are sad now, for God will comfort them. Great blessings belong to those who are humble. They will be given the land God promised. Great blessings belong to those who want to do right more than anything, that God will fully satisfy them. Great blessings belong to those who show mercy to others. Mercy will be given to them. Great blessings belong to those whose thoughts are pure. 
they will be with God. Great blessings belong to those who, who work to bring peace. God will call them his sons and daughters. Great blessings belong to those who suffer persecution for doing what is right. God's kingdom belongs to them. Verse 11 says, people will insult you and hurt you. They will lie and say all kinds of evil things about you because you follow me. But when they do that, know that great blessings belong to you. Be happy about it. Be very glad because you have a great reward waiting for you in heaven. People did these same bad things to the prophets who lived before you. And what does that mean for us? That means that we're not the only ones who's, who, who's been lied on. Or lied to when it comes to serving in the kingdom. See, nothing should ever get you, should pull you away from serving. And I believe one of my assignments on tonight is, is to encourage the servant. Encourage the servant. You're not the only one who's been lied to. You're not the only one who's been lied on in regards to your service, in regards to your commitment, in, 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 in regards to um, the faithfulness that you've, that you've chosen to, to express and to demonstrate in the kingdom. Verse 13 says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its taste, it cannot be made salty again. Salt is useless if it loses its salty taste. It will be thrown out where people will just walk on it. Verse 14 says, you are the light that shines for the world to see. You are a city built on a hill that cannot be hidden. And we've said this before, that God is calling you to stand out. God is calling you so you can be on display to the world. Verse 15 says, people don't hide a lamp under a bowl, but they put it on a lampshade. Then the light shines for everyone in the house. And that means for us that we are to inject Faith. We are to inject hope. We are, in, we are to inject peace. We are to inject the light. For God is light, as the scripture says, and in him is no darkness at all. And, to, and we are to inject that light into whatever environment God has assigned us to. Amen? Verse 16 says, in the same way, you should be a light for other people. Live so that they will see the good things you do and praise your Father in heaven. This command to be the salt of the earth and to be the light of the world is for all those who call themselves Christians and followers of Christ. This command is just not for the fivefold ministry, for the apostle, for the prophet, for the evangelist. 
And I encourage you to faint not in well-doing. For in due season you will reap. God will exalt you. Don't seek, don't seek notoriety in a position. Seek God. Because God will exalt you. God will raise you. God will put you on display. I know it seems like, it, it, I know it seems like nobody cares. Nobody acknowledges you for, for always being there. For always being on time. For always being present. For always being willing. But God will exalt you. God will lift you up. And remember this, God never forgets an offering. And a lot of times we think an offering means money in the bucket. An offering can be my time. An offering can be my talent. An offering can be my service. An offering can be my resources. See, a lot of, we, 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 we need to stop putting so much notoriety on the big things. Because we will, we'll, we'll, we'll put more notoriety in someone paying for a project getting done in the church than someone who opens the door to make, the pro make sure the project is done. What's more important, having the money to get to, to, to get a project done in the church or having someone there who's willing to do the work. And we can minimize that. We can say, oh, I bought, I bought, I bought the church a new lawnmower, but you ain't mowing the lawn. We, I, 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 we, I just, we just gave money to, the, uh, to, to the, getting the church a snowblower, but you ain't shoveling the snow. Because nobody sees that. Because when people come to church, they, see, they just see the sidewalk shovel. When people walk in, they just see the grass cut. When people go in the washroom, they just see the washroom clean and got toilet paper. And you can feel minimized. But God, but God, I'm telling you, God is the God will exalt you. God sees you. God is pleased with you and your service. And I encourage you, I compel you to, to, to be strong in it. I compel you to grow in it. I can tell you, I compel you to go further in it so that you can be a light and a witness to the world. Amen. God bless you and thank you for tuning to Better Life Faith Church International tonight for Better Life Lessons. We'll be right back here on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. at our Southside location, located at 7414 South Cottage Grove in the Grand Crossing area uh, on, on, the west, on the south side of Chicago. And then we'll be right back here at 1230 Central Standard Time right here in our west side location, 5401 West Lake Street. And if you're not, if you're, if you're anywhere near our south side location or our west side location, we'd love for you to be a guest. Be right here, right, right here sitting in the place so you can hear the word of God and, bring, and, and healing and, and deliverance can come 
and touch you. Amen? Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Hallelujah.